In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. everyone to the first episode of Knit One Geek Two. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we are both gigantic knitting geeks. Excellently said. As for why we started this podcast, Maggie, do you want to try and explain it? <laughs> well, let's just say that there's a big correlation between the knitting group and the geek group. And in a lot of our friends, they are one and the same. Yes, that is a very close Venn diagram, actually. Uh, yes, <laughs> almost all inclusive, actually. Really, how many of us have not tried to knit a Cthulhu? Or a Harry Potter scarf. Yes. Or six. And we'll get to more of that in a minute. Oh, God, yes. And geekdom has its many kingdoms. So really, we're combining our love of two things. And we know that there are more geek knitters out there. And there's just never enough time for yarn, or talking about yarn, or talking about those things that you squee and geek over. So we're only going to further the cause. We're only going to champion more of the geekdom. If you want to know more about us... I get to go first? Yes, you do. Okay, so I'm a library assistant at a sort of mid-sized library system. I've been knitting for 11 years this October. God. And been geeking over stuff even longer. I could list all my geekdoms, but I think we might be here for an entire hour discussing that. So, um, I'll just say that mine are varied. I love Harry Potter. I love Battlestar Galactica. I love fountain pens. I love knitting. I love mundane fandoms like 24 and Castle. My geekdom spreads very wide. Maggie, what about you? Well, I am a graphic designer and illustrator at a publishing house. We are based in uh, Canada, by the way, for any of you who might be listening internationally. We are based in the Niagara region of Ontario. Other than knitting, which I've been doing... This is sort of a weird background, because I can remember my grandmother teaching me how to do it when I was 14. And I was doing it with purple squeaky acrylic, and obviously I made the beginner mistakes of adding stitches on each side until I wound up with something that looked like underpants on, (laughs) on my needles. So that went to the wayside while I went through the teen years, and eventually I got to Canada, and because I didn't know anybody in my town in Canada to begin with, I picked knitting back up as a private uh, hobby to do. It wasn't really until, what, three years ago now that I joined the knitting group? I think I was figuring it out the other night, and it's actually been almost three years. Three years this fall, Okay. because I had just gotten back from my trip in New York. Right, and that was I remember that. September. So almost three years ago, I went from being a sit-at-home, on-my-own, figuring this out with books type of knitter, to actually making out to a knit group, and oh my god, in the last two years, (laughs) almost three years, it's changed the freaking world of yarn. I went from the squeaky red heart to hello, Malabrigo. We corrupted you very well. I learned what being a yarn snob is, and I quite like it. Because, you know, if the dark side has yarn, sign me up for the Sith tattoos. (laughs) Come to the dark side, we have cashmere. (laughs) Which are better than cookies. I also do quilting. I am learning to spin on a drop spindle, and I am going to conquer it, I swear. I'm also Christmas obsessed. I can't really hide that because it's it's the knitting that I'm working on, so you'll just have to deal with it. Hi, I love Christmas. My name is Maggie. I love Christmas. Everybody else in my life who knows me sort of is listening to this and going, yeah, okay, move on. Tell us something we don't know. 
I will also, my geekdom is I will swallow whole anything written by Neil Gaiman or Jim Butcher. And my personal favorite geekdom, at least in the top of my mind right now, is Harry Dresden because the next Dresden book comes out this month. It's about 20 days from now. The next Dresden book, number 13. And if you have not tried Dresden, just bear with me. Take one spoonful of it. I am trying to drag Karen down that road. It's not hard to drag me. I've been meaning to read it. Especially Especially when James Marsters um, is the one. Oh, James Marsters. Oh, he's the one doing. I fan myself. He's the one doing the audiobooks. And uh, if you're wondering, I know that name. I know that name. Where do I know that name? He's Spike from the Buffy series. He's actually a really good voice actor. Oh yeah. He does accents. He does gender, and he does age and regional dialect. He does it all very, very well. Hey. And if you need the evidence of the accent, <laughs> really, if you've seen Buffy. There you go. And you didn't know that he's actually American. So, there you go. That's a little bit about us. And we're going to go into the knitting. Adventures in Knitting. This is what we are working on right now. And, of course, we're going to ask you, what are you knitting as well? But just to set an example, here's what we're doing. I'm knitting Christmas presents. I love to knit. I love to make my Christmas presents. But because I'm doing this for a certain number of people, it makes sense to do it several months in advance. And anybody who knows me knows that I start planning for next Christmas in March. Yes. And she actually does, people. Yes. She's not just one of those people who says, Oh, I'm going to start my Christmas knitting in January and then forgets until October. No, Maggie actually does it. That doesn't mean I'm any less harried than a lot of other people come December, you know, 20-something, but... No, because the rest of us who are bad influences try and get you to knit for yourself, too. Yeah, <laughs> and it's actually starting to work. I've got a basket of yarn up there that's set aside that is sort of tagged. I want this to stay for me, please, but it can be used for emergency gifts. No, scratch <laughs> out that last bit. So, so what are you working on? Sitting next to me, okay, here I have alpaca cowl. This is super chunky. Nice touch. This chest holds only yarn for knitted gifts. Anything that's over there in my assorted stash or whatever, and my stash is quite baby compared to some I know, that is yarn that is up for grabs in various projects, but whatever comes that's out... That's all stuff that's up on Maggie's wall. Yeah. Whatever comes out of my wooden chest over here is yarn bought, set aside for Christmas gifts. So that is the black. This is what it is all wrapped up in its packy. And this is, we should mention, it's Plymouth Yarn Baby Alpaca Grande. 100% baby alpaca. Looks like a bulky chunky weight. Yep. The one that I'm mauling right now is navy blue in color. And the one on the needles is black. And their cowls, I had wanted to say, hey, I finished it, but I actually haven't done the three needle bind off yet. Because I was doing, this is the first time I've done a three needle bind off, and I learned the hard way that you're supposed to do it on the inverse side. Not the right side, but the wrong the side. The wrong side, yeah, the yeah. pearl side. I consider myself in the knitting group one of the newbie knitters. Oh, please. Or I will have at least a window for the newbie knitters because there are some things I have not done yet, some yarns I have not knit with yet. That list is a mile long, trust me. I'm just so distracted with like fondling this thing. Good, then it should uh, it. it should work really nicely as a cowl then. Mentioning you being a newbie knitter, like I learned most of this stuff just by trying. Yeah. So you can do the same thing. For any newbie knitters out there, it's really, really great encouragement if you can find a knitting group in your area. Just the camaraderie and the good feelings from a knitting group. <laughs> and the innate the enabling. Well, both both good enabling, as in, <laughs> oh yeah, you can totally make that. Just try it. And the, the bad enabling, which is the, oh yeah, you totally deserve that yarn. It would look <laughs> gorgeous on you. 
When was uh, the last time you bought yarn? Three weeks ago? Ah, that's nothing. How much did you buy? Six skeins? Oh, please. Okay, so the other thing I'm knitting right now, and I'm not going to mention who this is for because there is a chance they might be listening. This is an Intarsia mitten. Is it colorwork instead? instead yeah, of it's stranded colorwork. There you go. Intarsia is where you have like pictures, little pictures. Yeah, yeah little pictures. Basically, okay. like think of those little kids sweaters with like I had one with that cherries. my grandmother made. Yeah, and I had one that my grandmother made with a rainbow on the back. What you're doing is stranded because you're carrying the yarns all the way around. There you go. See, that's why I'm still the newbie. So this is a colorwork mitten. It is done in gray and black. And it's done, if I remember the pattern correctly, it's, it's the handsome mitten pattern. Was this one that you got off Ravelry, or was it published somewhere else? No, this is definitely Ravelry. Come on, there we go. Hansa Mittens. Okay, how's it spelled? H-A-N-S-A Mittens by Tulia Sal- Salmela. I really apologize if I've just butchered <laughs> your name. It's at the moment, it's got 46 projects already done. Just the possibilities of color work are fantastic. And Ooh, I yeah. saw... Ooh, those look like teal. They're, they're teal multicolored ones. And what, you, what yarn are you using again? This is from Nitpicks Palette. Ooh, Palette. I haven't used it yet, but I'm trying to resist the urge to knit more mittens, so I was drooling at the palette colors last night. One of the things I I swear that I would love, I I don't know how this is ever going to happen, but they have that option in nitpicks where you could buy one of every color of the palettes. Oh, yes. And I would would just put it up on my wall in individual little cubby holes. I don't know where I'd get the cubbies built or from, Mm -hmm. but I would have it. Arrange it by color? And arrange it as a rainbow just going across the room. And no one would be allowed to touch it. But then you'd never be able to knit from it. No, I'd have to knit from it and then buy one to replace it. Which wouldn't work very well with the shipping. No, it wouldn't, but this is my reality we're talking about here. See, then you'd have to buy two sets. One for display. And one to use. One to actually knit with. There you go. I have one more thing that I am knitting. Yes, I've actually become a yarn whore. The monogamous Maggie has left. I am now a yarn whore. (laughs) And for anybody who needs to know what that means, it means that normally I would knit one project, finish the project, start the next project. But at the moment, no, I can't handle that. This is the other thing I'm making. This is a shawl. It is a Celtic stole, and it is misty alpaca, baby alpaca, in lace. And it's bright blue. It's a happy royal blue. Okay, it is the Celtic Knot Stole by Sarah Kendra Hughes, and it was published in I Dream of the Sea. It looks like it can be downloaded from... Ooh, it's a free pattern. Oh, heck yeah. I love me some free pattern. Free pattern, which you can download from Ravelry, which is awesome. I love my Ravelry library. Speaking of libraries, I've noticed you went from a mitten montage onto a cardigan collection. What happened with that? You just suddenly favorited or cued a million bazillion cardigans. little sidetrack, and in case you hadn't noticed already, we are going to get sort of sidetracked, off-topic, whatever... We'll try not to make it the digressions too long, but when they happen, they happen. Okay, what I usually do every once in a while is I go into Ravelry and I plug in, you know, the advanced search pattern browser. Oh my god, I love that feature. Um, <laughs> well, because you can go down the side of the sidebar of it. And oh, you click, I know, I know. You know, does it have a photo? Yes. You want knitting or crochet? Knitting. And you can select all the things that you want. And what I'll do every once in a while is I'll go through and I'll select all the things that I want in a certain type of project. And then you can sort by, usually for me it's whether it's been recently added to Ravelry. And you can see all the new patterns that have been added. So you can see all the things that you might want to cue. And so I'll go through sometimes and... The other day, it was mittens that I was jonesing after. So I went through and I found all the new mitten patterns. 
And then yesterday it was going through and finding different cardigans because I was looking at something and I was like, oh yeah, cardigans and sweaters. I should go see what new stuff is there. And I'll do the same thing with shawls and socks. And I can even select, I just want to see shawls that are made of cobweb, lace, light fingering or fingering weight yarn. And then I just cue them all. My cue is more like a, this is stuff that I would like to knit at some point rather than a strict, I am going to knit this next cue. Which is a good thing, because then projects come up. <laughs> Other projects. Speaking of which... Yeah, did you have anything else to add before we... Nope, go ahead. I want okay. to hear what you're knitting. Speaking of other projects... She says oh she dangles it from her, from her fingers. Oh, boy. As I mentioned earlier, I am a Harry Potter fan. And, of course, the last Harry Potter movie's coming out next week. Yes, unless you are a toaster... You know what is coming out next week. <laughs> yes, it's kind of hard to ignore. But I, I am partly saddened and partly excited by this. Excited because we knew a Harry Potter movie. Saddened because it's the last one. And also because certain people die. And I'm sure that's no spoiler for anybody. So what I decided, like, oh, I don't know, a month ago, because I am on the good crack. Where are you keeping that stash? I'd like to know. I don't know. I decided I wanted to knit something for it. And I'd originally hoped to knit a sweater for last, the Deathly Hallows Part 1. But, yeah, that wasn't happening with my budget and everything at the time. And there's no way I'm knitting a wool sweater and wearing it to the movies in July. Midnight showing or not. Yeah, midnight is still not that cool here. So I decided something lacy would be better. And I sort of designed a stole. <laughs> Sort of, maybe. She's holding it in her hands, actually. <laughs> well, I basically took a couple stitch patterns and sort of figured out how to make them work. Partly because there wasn't time to order the yarn from Blue Moon Fiber Arts or somebody else who has a colorway that would kind of fit. I decided to dye the yarn myself. So I got some base yarn <laughs> after some running around thanks to the possibility of a Canada Post strike. I had some yarn on the way that I was ordering anyway, and then I was like, oh my god, it might not get here. So I had to get some yarn from a, a local yarn store and fiber store which thankfully had bear yarn bear, dyed it up bear as in gur no bear as in not dyed yet um bear as in naked i dyed it black and green and then over dyed the whole thing with gray so that it has these little like black spots and green spots and silver spots like a silver dough and then i started knitting it like a month ago it's still not done <laughs> I have a week. Oh my god. A week as of recording this. We're recording this on Wednesday, July 6th. It needs to be blocking next Wednesday. Planning to do three different stitch patterns. The middle section is a gothic lace, gothic arches lace. I've seen a couple different names for it, which starts in the middle using a magic loop cast on and goes outward from there. After that, I have the flames pattern from the Vogue Knitting Stitchinary, the fifth one, the lace one. It's really awesome. I it love it. It does. It looks so cool. I know. It looks like little flames. It's like, I know there's one pattern called candlelight or something that's like a diamond. These are actually teardrop shaped because of the decreases that you do. So they look like little flames and it's awesome. Like, say, little flames under a cauldron. Hint, hint. Warming a potion. Yes. And I've got one side, one side's flames are done. The other side, I have, I think, a repeat and a half to go. After that, on both ends, I still need to do a repeat or two of a lily of the valley pattern. And then I have to do a small edging at each end of the stole. I was thinking of doing an edging along the sides too, but I don't think I'm going to have Good enough Lord, time. Woman. Oh my God. What kind of magic wand are you hiding? <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. 
she said. That's so not getting it out. Explicit tag on. Yeah, I think there's no way around the explicit tag for us. Yeah. But yeah, so it, it, it's almost done. We're almost there. I'm almost there. I just really need to knit a lot this weekend. And in case you haven't guessed already, yes. I am naming it the Potions Master Stole. Now, once you finish this, are you going to pattern up anywhere for I would have to write the pattern up first, which might take a while. I'm considering it. Karen is very much one of those knitters that can say, okay, I'm going to knit socks today, and pick up needles, yarn, and start knitting and decide on a pattern in her head, at least a, a stitch pattern in her head, and then just go with it. I've tried this once or twice before, and I've had multiple visits to the frog pond, and uh, until I'm more experienced at gauging my stitches, <laughs> at least for my feet, I think I'm going to just stick with patterns that I actually read. Oh, trust me dude if, if i'm doing toe up socks it's more laziness it's like i want to start some socks i'll just start on the toe and then by the time it gets sort of big enough to fit my toe i'll be like okay do i want to do a pattern and then i'll search the patterns and then i'll see oh okay this one looks cool oh and then i'm only two stitches off from what i actually need you know knit an extra row and then off i go this one took a little bit more fiddling because the gothic arches repeat is a it's a multiple of eight plus one which means two of them is a multiple of 16 plus one and then the flames pattern is a multiple of 18 plus one. Uh, so there was like three hours of time just flying by as I was glued to my computer cutting and pasting bits so I could make sure, so I could try and figure out how to add those two stitches per repeat. That looks pretty good. Oh no, it looks excellent. But you know, the while we're part. talking about it, there's got to be other knitters out there that are going to be making something special for the Harry Potter, the last the movie. The last movie! Oh dear, I said the word. There's got to be other Harry Potter knitters out there that are making something special, whether it's a Hogwarts cardigan, or I've made Dobby hats, or... Or Dobby socks. Or Dobby socks. Or the Gryffindor scarf, or, you know, if you happen to be more of a Slytherin, or a Ravenclaw or whatnot scarf. But, uh, yeah, if you're if you're planning on making something and wearing it to the last movie, send us pictures or tell us what you're doing. Even if you, if you find this podcast months later, and you knit something and you want to show it off, just pop it in the comments. Because, you know... Geekdom has no expiry date. Oh no. I'm sure I'll still be geeking over Harry Potter for quite a while mm -hmm. yet. I think an entire family with the uh, Weasley sweaters would be awesome. Of course, then you'd have to shanghai your husband and kids into doing it. Oh, I'm sure there are lots of families that geek together. Yeah, there's got to be somebody who doesn't who, who wouldn't enjoy it, though. <laughs> the one kid standing there with the, oh my god, I can't believe my mother made me do this expression on his face. Yeah. Trust me. Next week we will have probably more on the Harry Potter movie. Because I should mention, too, that we're planning to, we are planning to podcast every Friday night, or Friday, Saturday, and then hopefully have podcasts up around Sunday, Monday-ish. This week we're just doing it early, because Maggie has visitors this weekend. I has international visitors, and they will sort of be staying in the recording studio. Plus, that way, if we record on Friday, that will be after... I have seen the Harry Potter Yeah, movie. next Friday, we may have to, I may be podcasting on my own because I'll have to find somebody to lasso Miss Karen down <laughs> from the stratosphere. I'll have to knit an alpaca lasso just for that. Either that or you're going to be plying me with chocolate because I will be sitting on the floor and weeping. <laughs> that is true because it will be over. Because segueing into our Geek Squee segment, or more likely we'll just be yelling out, Geek Squee! At random <laughs> moments in future podcasts. Oh my, she, she trust me, I have seen the trailers, and even the trailers are making me kind of wibbly. Yep. The movie is going to rip my heart out and stomp on it. 
And then there will be the certain scenes and moments where the entire audience of the theater will raise their voices as one, and we all know that the Bellatrix and the Molly um, <laughs> battle will be one of those. Oh my god, I can't wait for it. I should really say this just to say how much of a geek I am. A couple weeks ago, myself and one of my co-workers, who was also a Harry Potter fan, we were at work, there was nobody else in the library, so she hadn't seen the second trailer, so we went to YouTube and found both trailers and we were watching it. And my computer, the first time I had seen the first trailer for part two, my computer hadn't really been working the greatest, so the, the video skipped a little bit. The computer so, knows we're not happy. No. And so uh, I actually didn't see the scene of Molly and Bellatrix fighting. And when I saw it on the computer at work, I started jumping up and down and clapping like a seal. Really? I don't think you were alone in that. I think there were probably <laughs> people at their workplaces everywhere seeing that and suddenly pointing at the screen and clapping. Because <laughs> even reading that in the book, I pointed at the printed words on the page and go, went, oh my god! <laughs> when did you start reading the Harry Potter books, by the way? I read the first one. Within my, I started reading them a little bit after everybody was reading them, and I don't know why I do that, but I did. I, I don't go straight into the fads. I sort of let everybody else test the waters first, mm -hmm. and then I'll follow behind. That a whole thing about Ares being the trailblazers? Pfft, whatever. Let the burglar go in first. If the dragon wakes up, the he'll eat the burglar. I read the first one ten years ago. I, I read it all in one day, because I was homesick with the flu. Decided to see what this whole Harry Potter thing was about. Read the book in one day, pretty much swallowed it whole. Which and isn't hard to do. No, it's not hard to do. And then by that evening, I was silently pleading to the skies going, I know I'm too old, but can somebody please bring me an owl? Can somebody <laughs> please send me a Hogwarts? There is, there is so much awesomeness at Hogwarts. <laughs> I want my Hogwarts letter you know, too. Everybody wants their Hogwarts letter. We know somebody who actually checks for their Hogwarts letter. <laughs> Every year. She's like, no, no Hogwarts letter yet. I don't know if it's more disappointing reading them as, a, as an adult in that sense than reading them as a kid. If you're nine years old and you read the Harry Potter books for the first time, when you turn 11, there's part of you that will be looking in the mailbox looking for your Hogwarts letter. But if you're an adult, you know that time has it's already, already passed. passed. Yes. Unless you are somehow some sort of magical prodigy. I'm squib, really. <laughs> I still deserve to go and live in Hogsmeade or... Or maybe somebody at Hogwarts somewhere? They need knitting, don't they? There's a lot of knitting in Harry Potter. There is, actually. There's Hagrid a... knits, Molly knits. Hermione. Hermione and, knits. And all of the house elves. Yeah, there's lots of knitting in it. Not knitting and knitted items. Yep, actually there is. It's very knitting friendly. I wonder if that's just because the uh, knitting needles look like wands. I do have a knitting set of knitting needles. Well, one knitting needle now. That looks, looks kind of like a wand. But you weren't that late to it in that I wasn't really any earlier than you. I mean, I'd heard about it. Definitely heard about it when Goblet of Fire came out in yeah. 2000. But it wasn't until, again, about 10 years ago, about September, October of 2001, that one of my housemates in university, I think, had the books and loaned me the first one because she's like, oh my god, you have to read this. And I'd already heard that, you know, adults really love the series too. And I kind of wanted to read it, but it was just some sort of thing. I had no concept of how awesome it was, so I kept sort of you know, thinking, yeah, I'll do it some other time. And then I read the first book and I had to read the rest. I remember Christmas vacation that year. I was reading Goblet of Fire, sitting downstairs with my parents watching TV and just squeaking like crazy. <laughs> oh, I think the first time I, I squeaked out loud was the scene in the pensive where Karkaroff says that Snape was a Death Eater. Ew. And I was like, oh my god! <laughs> and my 
and my parents are looking over me like, what is wrong with you? And you kind of want to tell them, but because they don't know the background, yeah. you would just have to tell them more, and then basically your geekdom is just spilling out everywhere, and nobody understands and appreciates the knowledge. Yeah, they just they just give you the, the stare, the what are you talking about stare. Okay, dear, that's very nice. Thankfully no one was around when I was reading the last book, because oh my god, the last book, I burst into tears. Yeah, I like, think... Like sobs. I think a lot of people had the inkling to read the last book in their sanctuaries of emotion, <laughs> their emotional bastions. Well, I think that was as much because of they knew it was going to be very emotional, as well as to avoid spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Because I know a lot of people who went to read the last book, and as soon as they got the book in their hands, they did not touch the internet for however long it took them to finish. Yeah, yeah. Because no, they were not going to get spoiled. They wanted to finish it without spoilers. I actually had uh, my maid of honor for my wedding was reading it in reading, not the last book, I think it was book number six, in the limo on the way to my wedding. And did I begrudge her? No, not at all. In fact, I asked her what part she was at. <laughs> and actually, one of the things that I love doing recently is some people may have heard of something called Mark Reed's. It started with Mark Reed's Twilight and then he went on to read Harry Potter. And he really had no concept of what Harry Potter was like, and I'll definitely have to link this to you on the show notes. I had no concept of how good Harry Potter was. So it's really interesting reading his blog for each chapter of each book, because you really remember what it was like the first time you read it. And especially because now, like, when you're reading it, when you're reading Mark's descriptions, you know what's going to happen, and you know when he's getting to a good bit. And so it's fun to see See the freaking out. It's really neat to sort of have that experience again. As you can guess, this is going to be a very hairy, heavy podcast. Oh, at least yeah. this episode. That's one of the reasons we wanted to start podcasting this week. Yes. Is so that we could get in on it. So this is not the, so we get in on the hype, but so that we could get this is the pre, our discussion in. This is the pre-movie discussion, and then the post-movie discussion will come It'll out be a lot between less sobs <laughs> and chocolate, and possibly some burbles and some blowing noses of tissue and <laughs> and weeping into my stole. There you go. Have you been doing anything in geekdom recently? Have I been doing anything in geekdom? I can't remember my life at the moment. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I've just finished a very large mural that I've been working on for the past 10 days or so. And my mind is just full of little cartoon animals at the moment. Well, but, why don't you mention what the mural is like? Well, I am at the moment a yellow belt in Taekwondo. And the dojang that I go to, which is the proper name for the taekwondo gym or school uh, has a homework room which is where kids will come straight from school to the dojang will have a place to do their homework read watch tv i know all of those things don't sound like they go together but and basically a place for the kids to be until it's time for their taekwondo exercise their regular classes so that they don't interfere you know they have a place to be kids instead of wandering around where the administration is or lingering around outside where these class takes place and in this room, really big wall, and the mural is the Chinese zodiac, because Taekwondo is actually from South Korea, but South Korea does follow the Chinese zodiac. All of the animals are in Taekwondo uniforms, in Taekwondo poses, and this baby is like easily nine by seven feet. It was all done after work hours, except for Saturday when I worked on it pretty much all the way straight through. So my, my life has been filled with little Taekwondo rats and monkeys. You know how hard it is to get a cow into a Taekwondo uniform? Okay, just had, I can to, imagine. just had to make you think about that for a second. 
In other sort of geekdom news, I'm sure everybody who knows of Neil Gaiman, if you don't know about Neil Gaiman, I will spank you. Some people may like that, but what the heck. Neil Gaiman's American Gods has been approved for a six seasons for a series, which is total awesome sauce. I remember reading uh, an interview about this progression with Neil Gaiman, and he's saying there are a couple of things that are going to have to be altered now, because if you haven't read the book American Gods, Basically, think of all of your gods of yesteryear. Bast, Odin, any of the the old gods that we read about in mythologies. What are they doing now? They haven't gone away. They've had to actually go out and get jobs, believe it or not. (laughs) And there is this impending war with the new gods of digital and media, you know, other personifications of modern society moving forward. And Gaiman did say that the digital kid, had to be adapted because the version of the digital kid at that time when the book was printed would now be considered out of date. Oh, yeah. Incredibly out of date. Now when we're in the world of iPhones and iPads and wireless and, you know, wires to do anything now, oh, please, (laughs) don't go there. Just don't go there. Well, yeah, it's like one of my other favorite series is uh, Diane Duane's Young Wizards series. Yeah. That has a technological element to it, too, but they mention things like, because the series has actually been written over, like, 16 years, I think it is, even though the kids sort of in the series age very slowly. One book, one of them's using, I can't remember the name of it, but, like, an ancient Apple computer <laughs> that now is, like, a paperweight. The Apple IIe? Yeah, and then, like, four books later, you know, she's using an iPhone. I'm assuming it's sort of the same thing. Yeah, but I'm really excited. Neil Gaiman did say that, as well, I better get going and write the rest of the series then. Yes! <laughs> Double yes! Yes! TV and more books! Yeah, there's nothing bad that can come from this man. It's, <laughs> it's such awesome. And uh, the other thing that I've been looking forward to, as I mentioned earlier, is the next Harry Dresden book that comes out, and it's called <laughs> Changes. How many days was that again? It comes out on the 26th of July. <laughs> Unless you're counting the days. If you pre-ordered it on Amazon, I have it on authority. You will actually have it in your hands on the 26th of July. So there's very, very, very good chance that might be happening. But, and just to give you a little bit about my obsession, I suppose, Harry Dresden is a wizard living in modern-day Chicago, and he's not the big cloak-and-sword-and-hood kind of wizard that, you know, he actually does wear flip-flops and goes down to Burger King. It's his favorite place to eat. (laughs) And, you know, he has a cat, you know, all of these things that uh, the rest of us deal with. He has a landlord, he has to pay taxes, yada, yada, yada. He just happens to be a wizard at the same time. And he acknowledges he is a wizard. He is a private investigator, and it just so happens that a lot of his investigations overlap things within the magical arena. When there is a murder and the corpses are found with strange symbols or in a strange position or look like they've been sacrificed over an altar, they call in Harry Dresden to say, uh, what up? And he will look at them and say, okay, that's a bunch of newbies who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> or, you know what? This is pretty, uh, pretty dark stuff. I highly suggest everybody go home and wash their brains with bleach. My favorite thing about Harry Dresden, the, the books, is Bob. Bob is Harry Dresden's, I guess I would say, personal assistant, and computer, and encyclopedia, and 
I'm not even going to go near moral conscience because Bob doesn't have one. Bob is a skull that sits on, on a shelf, and the shelf has melted candles and lots of romance books. <laughs> yes, that actually is important that they are romance books. Bob actually lives inside of the skull. He is a spirit of intellect, and when you address the skull, lights go on inside the eyes, orange lights, and the skull will actually talk. This skull's personality, he is sarcastic, he has the superiority complex, and Harry could say, Bob, where did I put that tome on fairies of the Arctic Circle and their treaties of 1412? And Bob will say, all right, Tupperware, third row, uh, it's on, underneath the Playboy uh, on the back shelf. And sure enough, he'd be right. Or Harry could say, Bob, how many of the mandrake roots do I have left? You only have two. Well, one and a little bit, but one of them's getting kind of moldy. He will just know. He is that intelligent. He has that much memory because wizards and witches of this alternate reality cannot use computers. They get too close to an electrical equipment and they make it just die, which is why none of them have computers, none of them stay overnight in hospitals if they can take it because they are aware that they may take out electrical machines that are keeping other patients alive. It also makes, you know, driving difficult sometimes, but... And it also throws up some nice roadblocks when it comes to the plot, I'm sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> and let's just say cell phones, hit or miss. Hello? Hello? Hi, is this the council? No, this is uh, tacos for you in Mexico. You want the order? Uh, no, thanks very much. Bye. Anyways, I love Bob, and Bob, besides being a spirit of intellect and being Harry's helper, Harry does have to bribe Bob with romance novels. Oh, a man after my own heart. Bob, for not having a body, is a little pervert. Okay, moving on that part. I like either romance novels and I'm not apologizing. There was one particular, this just little snippet, where Harry will say, okay, Bob, I need you to go out and just check and make sure that nothing has gone really haywire for a five-mile radius in the last night. And Bob will basically ride on the form of a cat, go into the cat to be able to go outside because remember that he's a spirit, doesn't have a body, he has to ride in something else. And the cat comes prancing back in somewhere at three in the morning and Harry will say, well, I can assure you, sir, every dancer and stripper in this town <laughs> is perfectly safe. Bob, get back out there and do it proper. What? What did I do wrong? So yeah, every once in a while, Harry will have to bribe Bob for information that he's reluctant to give up or cooperation that he's reluctant to give. With, it doesn't involve strippers. With a brand new hardback romance novel. And you'll literally see these skulls sitting in front of a book that's propped open and the pages will start flipping over by themselves and then the skull will start bouncing around going, That's it! That's it! Rip her bodice off! That's it! <laughs> and, you know, Harry's standing off to the side going, Oh, dear Lord. You know, I'm just over here trying to mix my potions. Just please. It's awesome! It's totally awesome! And the series crosses over a whole bunch of boundaries. There's wizards, there's fairies, there's vampires, there's werewolves, there's all kinds of stuff in there. There's magic knitting in that one, too. Oh, there. yes, there is magic knitting. For one little piece of time, one of the most powerful items in the entire cosmos was a little piece of knitting. 
and I think that's totally awesome. You could just see this as the big Disney battle scene at the end of one of their movies where it's a lot of music and a lot of activity and every once in a while a comic moment. And this piece of knitting is just being tossed like a football all around the participants of the plot. First one side has it and then another side snatches it and then somebody else takes it. It's awesome and it's just becoming slowly and slowly a little bit more unraveled each time and you're just going, no, no, it can't unravel yet. It'll break the charm. No! It's totally made of wind. So, next book coming out July 26th by Jim Butcher and it's, I know it's going to be awesome because nothing in this series has failed yet. And that gives you, what, 20 days to catch up on how many books? If the listener has not yet well, you know, read um, them. There's audiobooks. Then you could listen to James. So yes, come here and talk to me for a little while longer. Talk to me in many different accents, if you don't mind. Mm. And feed me grapes. And wear a kilt. Sadly, that doesn't come with the audiobook. No, that doesn't. But the... I've, If so, then someone's been holding out on me. That is a new feature on the iPad 10. That's what they mean by enhanced audiobooks. <laughs> Okay, so now that we've <laughs> talked at length about some of our fandoms at the moment. Harry and um, Harry. <laughs> yeah, the two Harrys. So how about we move on to our cravings, covets, and crushes, which is basically all the yarn and patterns and things that we have been drooling over. That can also include, you know, whatever member of the opposite sex or whatever <laughs> sex that, you know, you happen to want to see in assless chaps or whatever, but... But then this, then this podcast would be three hours long. Yes, and... <laughs> With just my list. Hello. We'll be trying to keep it to fiber and patterns. For the first couple episodes, one thing we kind of wanted to do was, um, as we sort of mentioned earlier, there was a, a Canada Post strike, which means that for about, what was it, two to three weeks? Yeah. There was no mail whatsoever. It started off with the uh, union going on rotating strikes. They wouldn't deliver the mail, and they would close the processing plants in one area, but mail and stuff would be delivered in the other area, and then the next day they'd switch to somewhere else, the next day to somewhere else. And then Canada Post actually locked out all its workers for about two weeks until they were finally ordered back to work by the federal government. I've seen a few, quite a few people saying things like, oh, we don't really need the mail service anymore, and that sort of thing. But there's quite a few indie dyers that we know of, you know, really rely on the mail to deliver their things. You may do your bills via e-banking, and you may send all your personal uh, correspondence by email, but you just cannot upload a skein of yarn. Which I is mean, probably a good thing. Yeah. Probably. My stash would be much worse if you could. If I had teleportation available for skeins of yarn, that would be a bad thing for my stash and my wallet. But, and we don't want to get into the whole, you know, which side was right, and which one was wrong, or anything like that. But, you know, small, especially internet-based, small independent yarn dyers or small businesses really must have gotten a kick in the pants with this thing. So we're going to feature some of the sort of independent yarn dyers here in Canada. Yay, Canada! <laughs> I think you're thinking of a different song in that I one. know, but I'm I'm taking it and making it as positive as I can. Okay, so for this episode we're gonna feature a independent yarn dyer in Ontario called Indigo Dragonfly. And she really fits because oh my gosh, she has the most geeky names for her yarns. Totally, ever. totally awesome. She does all kinds of yarns and things, and you can find her at indigodragonfly.blogspot.com, and we'll have that in the show notes, a link to that in the show notes. Um, she sells basically everything through her blog, so what she'll do is she'll post pictures of all the skeins that she's just dyed, how many skeins there are, how much they are, 
what kind of yarn they are, because she does all kinds. She does, like, worsted weight, sock weight, lace weight, all sorts of stuff. She has a lot of uh, merino cashmere blends. <laughs> and all of them have these insanely geeky names. She has I tons that are named after Buffy characters. Yes, and then there's some that segue into two, like, uh, and then Buffy staked Edward. <laughs> I want that one so bad. Sparkle Pyre! And who put peanut butter in my trout? Yeah, some of them are just wacky, like yeah, that Yeah, some one. of them are just wacky. Or... One of my favorites is it's a red skein with little flecks of black, and it's called Self Elmolation. Yep, that's a good one too. E L M O. Um, she does lots of a lot of the geeky ones she does are very Whedon based because she does Firefly ones too. Yes, she does uh, Captain Tight Pants. And the one I got at the Knitters Frolic this year. It is a fertile land, and yes. we will thrive. I also I was looking through them last night. I also remember seeing a TARDIS. Ooh. Ooh. Oh yes, there was TARDIS ones. Yes. And I've only recently been exposed to the magic that is Doctor Who. So I am learning about this. <laughs> you were learning the ways of I Doctor Who. I am learning Who. this universe, and I know now of, of the TARDIS, and, and I want one. Oh, I think the first skein I got of hers was black and red and gray, and was called Goth to a Flame. Yes, that's totally <laughs> cool. And she's and got she, really nice stuff. Like, have you knit with any of her stuff yet? Yes. I did a This Is Your Brain on Cookies, and I've made myself um, socks with that. She also has a knit-along going on. Going on. Oh, yes, we should mention that. She has the Indigo Dragonfly knit-along, which I believe you have until... Yes, you have until the 14th of July to cast on. You can find the group for it on Ravelry, and I'll also link to that exact post in on her blog in the show notes. And basically the rules are knit with Indigo Dragonfly yarn, cast on by July 14th, and then finish by, I think it's sometime in, in September. September. Yeah. Um, which is good, because by that time, I'm going to be casting on for this thing like on the 13th. Because that is when this stole had better, better be, be finished. <laughs> it is the only thing I'm working on right now. That's called chain knitting, right? As opposed to chain smoking. Chain smoking, yes. But so there's very few rules for the knit along. She has a couple different categories. There are prizes, but you do have to knit with her yarn, which might be, you know, leaving it a little short if you don't live in Canada and can't quite get her yarn that fast. But please check out the site. Her yarns are gorgeous. I, I've knit with one skein. I have. This is the mental Rolodex of the stash. Yes. The mental Rolodex, which keeps getting cards added in as I think about it more. I have it with hers. The one that I used was the Merino Cashmere Nylon. Was that the same that you made socks from? I think, no. I think mine was just the Merino. Just the Merino sock? Yes. Yeah, and the Merino Cashmere Nylon is gorgeous. I don't think I have knit with Merino Cashmere Nylon yet. Ooh. I, I really don't think. See, this is... Again, the newbie window. I have growing experience, but there are just some things I have not gotten to yet. <laughs> and because every once in a while I do the monogamous knitting thing, it just takes me a little bit longer to get around to... Whenever we can't talk you out of it. Right. Because I have not yet knit with Sweet Georgia or Madeline Tosh Ooh. or Sundara or any Ooh. of those. I, I mean, it literally took me a year and a half to knit with Malabrigo. I don't know why, because that is <laughs> madness. <laughs> Because Malabrigo is magic in your hands. But, no, it's, there's... That's what she said. <laughs> there are just more paths that I have to explore. There are always more paths to explore. That's the awesome thing about all these indie dyers. There are always more options. And they're coming up with really new, different...
different things to turn into yarn, like banana leaves. Yeah, and milk protein. Milk and protein. Corn and protein. The sea cell. Oh. oh, sea cell. Sea cell is fantastic. And I read up a little bit of it. It's very healthy for you to wear, apparently. I did not know this. So it's nutrients go into your skin. Ooh. Okay, I don't remember where I read this, so I may be talking, str- you know, out of my... Whatever. It might have been from some marketing report. Yeah, that's fine. But you know what? I- I'll go with it because it's sea cell. And it's soft and pretty. <laughs> and I, w- I would really like to knit with some. And then one of the other things, because of course you can covet or crush over patterns too. In the last couple weeks, we've had a new nitty come out. Yeah! Yay, the nitty first fall 2011. I think a notice comes up on message boards and then it's just like wildfire everywhere. The new nitty's up, the new nitty's up, and everybody runs. And it's like... And then the site goes down. It's like a virtual (laughs) stampede. And this nitty has lots of nice stuff. And we should probably mention one first because we have a somewhat personal connection to it. There's actually one, the dragon wing shawl, where we actually know the designer. Yay, Patty! She's actually our friend Patty who manages the Passionate store in Toronto. And it's kind of neat. In case you haven't seen it yet, it is like a pair of wings. It's basically two pieces. This is symmetrical based off of, I suppose, what would be your spine. And just layering it from your shoulders down, you would have inverse triangles with the point coming down. It's not uh, Mm -hmm. like bat webbing where you would think it would be attached to your fingertips and be like Batgirl or something like Mm -hmm. that. But instead, it actually looks like two wings draping down from your shoulders. It's actually knit in two pieces, apparently, and then grafted together in the middle. And it does create sort of a wing shape, which is so appropriate nerdy. Yes, fantastically so. But there's lots of other really awesome stuff in this nitty too. Ooh, there's the lingerie socks, which have like a really nice sort of lacy pattern that goes that narrows down towards the toe. Yeah, it's supposed to be based on lingerie of the 1940s. Oh yeah, it's got that nice little sort of lacy bit around the cuff too. This looks totally fun to me. The double helix. Oh yes, those socks with the little swirls around the heels. That looks so zany and kind of fun. I have not tried it, but it does kind of look fun. And I think it's actually started at the heel. Like it's heel out construction. So it's a different construction for you to try. It looks like it'd be like an absorbing knit. At least around the heel part. Once you get past the heel part, it's pretty much a stock in that out each side to the heel and then up to the ankle. That's sort of like a a fun lesson in sock anatomy, I guess. And it's in in two different colors, which are mirrored on each foot. So one of them. Very Harlequin. Yeah. So that one foot, like the foot section will be color A on one sock and the foot section will be color B on the other sock. And then the leg section will be vice versa. There's been quite a few little things in Nitty like that in the last few issues or a few years where they've done sort of really funky sock construction. That's been that's been a recurring pattern. Yeah, which is really neat. Especially because socks are so small and... You can experiment with color and pattern and construction with them without investing a whole lot of yarn or a whole lot of time. Yeah. And if you have to frog something... By the way, do we know when the next Twist Collective comes? I do not know. One thing that I found useful when it comes to figuring out when Nitty and Twist Collective comes out is to watch the Twitter feeds of the people responsible for it. Because I think Amy from Nitty was saying like a week (laughs) beforehand, I'm almost done. It's awesome, but it's tiring. And it's sort of the same with Twist Collective. We'll usually tweet something like a week or two beforehand. They're like, we're almost done. But yeah, we all know that feeling. I can't even name. There's a whole bunch of socks in this one. Like there's the gratitude socks and the chasing socks and... Inlay, double helix, 
lingerie. Some and I want booties. to make all of them. And there's some really neat sort of sweaters and scarves and things. Oh, the rhodium scarf and the dunes. My queue is getting longer by the minute. And the kindling sweater is just adorable. Especially because the little girl in the picture is adorable. <laughs> the pigtails. But the sweater is also adorable. But those are our favorite things from the last knitting. The ones that we absolutely must knit sometime when I get around to other projects besides the stole. I suppose at this point, you're the monogamous knitter. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a switch. I do have moments of monogamous knitting when I am under a deadline. A crazy pants, self-imposed deadline. Yes, remember, you wanted this. I know. As I was telling someone at Knit Night last week, it makes it kind of crazy, but it also makes it more fun. Because, like, it has that sense of, must complete this. It's more of a challenge. It's a challenge kind of to yourself. Fun. Yeah. And we all know that conquering that challenge makes you feel like you're standing on the top of a mountain, raising your fist to the sky and yelling your triumph and victory call. And I know the night of the midnight premiere, if I actually get this thing finished in time, I'm going to be swanning around the movie theater being all like, yes, look at my awesome stole. I actually finished it. I have some green eyeshadow that I'll give you for that night, too. I don't think green eyeshadow would look very good on me. Well, I'll slither in. Just wear black and the green eyeshadow will go. But I was tested out as a Gryffindor. <laughs> Furthering our support of the independent artisans of the area, I wanted to play upon Karen's favorite things, and I'll pass these to her now. <laughs> One of my weaknesses. Yeah, these are... Ooh. Oh, that's awesome! So we've got handmade books. Not only handmade books, but they are hand-glued and hand-bound and let me see, it's the Coptic binding that makes it lie flat, and it's apparently a centuries-old technique, and it is bound with waxed linen thread that's from Ireland. And the covers are awesome. This one that I'm holding right now, it, the covers are actually an old map of Switzerland and Germany, and it's awesome. These are made by Hannelore Sotzek, and you can find her at hannelorenmore.blogspot.com, and to spell the beginning part, that's H A. N-N-E-L-O-R-E-A-N-D-M-O-R-E dot blogspot dot com. This is Hannah Lore's StoryWorks, and she uses vintage maps and sheet music. Ooh! Yeah. She also uses paper from Nepal Ooh. or silk from Japan, silk screen paper. Ooh, and it's really nice paper, too. It's nice and smooth. 70-pound acid-free paper, and she hand-deckles every page. Now, the two that we have are the take-along in the pocketbook sizes, but she also does make memoir, guest book, and photo album sizes. I'm in trouble. <laughs> Karen, being of the librarian and book-loving <laughs> persuasion. And the writing persuasion. And the writing persuasion. I imagine her having this plethora of blank notebooks at home, and I, you know, do. I don't think I'm very far off in that. <laughs> no, I do. I, when we were planning the podcast... I'm like, oh, I should grab a notebook for when we're discussing this. I looked at my note, my blank notebooks, and was trying to decide between them which one should become my podcast notebook, because I have, like, four. And really, you cannot be bound with your imagination. These yeah. books can be used for so 
so many things. I sent one to a friend of mine in the United States, and while I left the interior of the book for her, the interior of the cover, where it's blank, I put all kinds of pictures and cards and stickers, and I put her initials, and I put fortune cookie phrases, and just all sorts of, it was a collage of things that were impressive and promising and uplifting, and it was really my way of saying this book is for you, and it's my hope that you have a great journey in what you plan on on journaling in this book. For everybody again, that's Hannah Lore's Story Works, found at hannahlorenmore.blogspot.com, and she is available to do custom work. All you gotta do is contact her. And a lot of places, I think even like Indigo Dragonflies, that she'll do custom stuff. Like oh yeah. She, you know, oh, yeah. she'll custom dye stuff. If you see a, a colorway that she's not currently offering, I think most of the indie places will do custom stuff. Is, I think it just depends on how much they can produce. Work that they have yeah, how the much time. workload they have and, that is one of the most and how much awesome demand things. they have. That is too. one of the most awesome things about independent artisans and dyers and small businesses. They will be able to listen to your story. A uh, yarn that I got for socks that have not yet been finished, actually. For my brother for <clears throat> last Christmas. Yes, it was a Christmas present I didn't finish. I got an independent dyer to dye yarn for me in the colors of the Bahamian flag. But independent dyers will find your story or listen to your story and will actually help you to find that colorway you're looking for. And if they don't have it, they will make it happen. They will make it happen in the weight you want, in the yardage you want, in the fiber you want, most times. I mean, depending, again, depending, like you said, depending on their workload, depending on the demand. Because, you know, they're human too. Yes. They need to eat. (laughs) Eat, sleep, watch Alan Rickman. Hugh Jackman. Oh, Alan Rickman. (laughs) Oh, Alan Rickman. Oh, God. I'm fanning myself with one of the notebooks now. Um, And actually, one thing I just noticed on this notebook, the one that has the map on it, look at the city. Oh, my God. (laughs) Dresden! I might actually have to purchase this now. (laughs) Hello, Dresden. Hannelore. I think you have a sale. That that has got to be kismet telling me something. Yep. It says, buy me. (laughs) It says I am really a wizard, and I just have not realized my focus yet. Or something. Or something. (laughs) Uh, I'll take it. Okay, so I realized that we sort of skipped all over the map, literally, on this episode, but hey, that is sort of what we do. Yeah, that's probably going to happen. Well, most of the time we'll still be talking about geeky stuff. Yeah. It'll just sort of meander a little back and forth. Yeah, and remember, if you've made something for the Harry Potter movie and you want to showcase it, and okay, so if it's not knitting or crocheting or something spun, if you just made something for the Harry Potter movie. Yeah, we know someone who is epic cross-stitching something. Oh, yes. I will have to bug her and see if she has a picture of it online somewhere that we can link to, because wow. Wow, that is epic time put into that project. Okay, so I think we'll wrap up for this week, because oh, we will have lots to talk about next week. So all the show notes that we've been talking about, you can find at knitonegeek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1. G-E-E-K 2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K E-T-S dot O-R-G You can email us at knitonegeek2 at gmail.com And I hope you guys enjoyed the first episode. Geek on, happy knitting, and we'll see you next time.